Welcome, everybody, to the Coffee and Code Cast, a weekly live stream tech podcast where we talk about neither coffee or code. I'm Kyle Johnson. And I'm Mike Sheehan. Today on the cast, foldable phones are here. We cover two options that are coming to stores near you. Buyers beware. We'll let you know about some gotchas to avoid when buying Bluetooth headphones. And finally, we'll get an update on Kyle's clean living journey. And I review my new backup battery for all my devices, even my 15-inch MacBook Pro. Well, welcome back to the show, man. This is episode number 25. Did you think we'd ever make it wow. to 25 episodes? No, because I didn't want to do the first one with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no, man. I would never have thought we made this far. Or be live casting it either. Like This is our third live cast three weeks in a row now. And we've kind of scraped it together last minute, the last like three times, but I think it's working okay. We're starting to find a little routine here. I think it's finally, it's, it's gelling a little bit, which is good, I think. Um, the board that you've got here is fantastic. You want to open one of those Coors Lights real quick? Sure, why not? Yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, buddy, that's better. Now you're better. Uh, the board's working really well. I think the, the format of the show, we're kind of changing that and tweaking that uh, week over week. I think that's starting to come together, uh, and I'm really liking it. I like it too. It's we've simplified it a lot, right? In the beginning, it was way more complicated, and uh, the equipment was more sophisticated. It took a while to set up, and uh, the editing process. I won't speak for you, but that was a pain in the ass. It took a lot of time. How much time would you spend on that? I would say after a show, I would probably spend there's probably an hour at least. Yeah, depending, depending on the number. Like if we had a guest, then the, that would dramatically increase the amount of time that would take to, to edit, but. Now with this board and the the live recording and not editing out all the different things, like I probably spend maybe a total of twenty minutes editing the show. You know, mainly and most of that's just getting the markers, chapters, stuff right. like that. Like it's not editing; it's not true editing of the file anymore. It's really production packaging, getting everything ready to that's go right. on the site, yeah. putting it out. What I like about it too, we've been kicking around a lot of ideas since we've gone live, and we've talked about different ways that we can. Um, improve the cast. And so even just taking better notes and having something scripted when we're coming in, I think has helped. It's helped me because maybe before it was just more uh, ad hoc. I think we have a, a bit more structure to it now, which I like that. And we were talking just yesterday, I think about, uh, well, you got on the topic about your sprint planning and how you guys were looking at being better prepared for the next sprint. So you were going to open up like a second sprint uh, not open, not start it, but you would have two, one, the one that you're grooming to start and then one kind of behind it, which is teed up a lot of the things you're going to be doing afterwards, right? One kind of in planning, right? In planning. That way you guys can go back as a tech group and figure out estimates better. Or if you need to create more tickets to distill it down, you have time to do that two weeks before, well, three weeks before the sprint starts, two weeks, I guess two weeks. Probably two weeks ahead. I mean, it could be groomed even further ahead than that. It, it's more just like a pool of Things that we need to like research through, think through, you know, if we have any design questions, bubble those up. If we have any questions for the rest of the business, bubble those up. So it's just a way to get kind of out of the way so that when you do get to the grooming process, you can move through it pretty quickly right. and cleanly. Well, I think it makes a lot of sense. And then you're more prepared going into it. You know what's going on. Anyway, I digress. That I like that idea, and it got me thinking about our cast and how we prepare. I don't usually prepare anything. You do all that. <laughs> you're a little off the cuff. I just show okay. up after a few beers and have a good time. Yeah. But it got me thinking we should prepare for the cast a little bit better than that. And so the idea there would be instead of just having the show notes for this week and then you know, a couple of days before or a few minutes before I'll look at it, uh, we have two casts ahead now. So we've got show notes for 26 and uh, can start putting in ideas for topics and that sort of thing there. That way, after this wraps up and your 20 minutes are spent getting it uploaded, well, we have time now. You don't have to worry about editing anymore. We can jump into next week and start reading articles and getting prepared what we want to talk about. Hopefully, it'll be a little more uh, thought out instead of just off the cuff. Yeah, I think that I think it already already is. Like the notes today are, are pretty good and pretty complete. And I even have printouts here. You can't see. Oh this. shit! Can't see this on the cast, but this is the first time I've actually printed out an article. Man, you're wasting a lot of paper over there. What you got there? I'm, I'm pretty wasteful, but that's okay. That's great. I think that's good. I liked, I had a chance to look at some of the things you sent me over, so that was nice. I'm not jumping in cold on this one. Look at that. We're growing up, man. Yeah, we're actually going to sound, well, I won't say we'll sound intelligent. We'll leave that up for debate. But. That's one. That's why Bully, we need Bully on every once in a while, just because we need someone who's a little more astute. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a little fresher out of college than we are, so he, he knows how to do it. 
Yeah. A little I more see thorough. we have some people on the Slack channel. This is excellent. Yeah, we do. We got a few new people that joined us live this week, which is fucking awesome, man. Because our like on that, our numbers have started to to grow. You you've been showing me those stats off of that Squarecast uh, analytics. Yeah, we have a lot of subscribers, a lot, a lot more than I anticipated. So that's very exciting. Like I'm gonna just I don't want to maybe we give it hundreds though, hundreds like almost a thousand, which I think we would have. Yeah, prior to knowing that, I think we would have expected maybe like less than a hundred, maybe a hundred, forty-five. <laughs> oh, I think we got fifty. That's cool, man. Right. Yeah. yeah th- so that's very exciting. I don't know how consistent that is, but I do, I mean I do hear from people that say yeah, like I mean I know that. I get harassed by Lester at least once a month when he's on a road trip or he's going to Port Orchard or something because he has nothing to listen to. Hey, he's getting an episode a week here for three straight weeks. He's got nothing to I know. About. And I haven't heard shit from him, and he probably hasn't listened to any of them either. But <laughs> when we're not doing the work, then he wants to know what's going on. He's saving them for, uh, you know, he's going to go in like a, what do you call that, uh, binge mode. Binge mode, yeah. It's like, you know, well, that'll be the next evolution of the cast. We'll just have seasons. Like, Oh, we can do that. I can certainly mark seasons. Yeah. But I mean, we'll just, you know, like maybe that'll be another project or something else, but then we just release all 10 episodes for the year at once and everybody goes crazy and <laughs> we get a big Netflix deal. Yeah. Don't worry about that topic of technology that we talked about that's now like 12 months old. It's okay. <laughs> All the shit we talked about happened last year. <laughs> like, nobody cares anymore. Like, to, like, there's been two more iterations on the iPhone since we came out yeah. with a fucking episode. <laughs> that's okay. Somebody yeah. like it. So it's great. Welcome to episode 25. So uh, we've got a, a bunch of stuff brewing here. So first of all, I think we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some stuff from last week. Uh, quickness, quick fitness program follow-up. So... Quick fitness? Like, what's quick fitness, man? Are you just doing, like, a little sprint, a little jog? Quick hot ones. Quick hot, hot quick ones. The HQO, man. HQO. <laughs> Bringing it back. <laughs> nice and steamy. I like that. Yeah, oh. That's good. Uh, no, just quick check, quick check up on what we talked about last week. And we talked about kind of me wanting to kind of change everything up, flip my kind of whole world upside down. And you kind did. of where I'm at with that. So, as of today, at least... Um, most all of the things that I talked about are into effect. So I've definitely been on Whole30 now for, uh, well, since Saturday, I guess. So okay. we're going on four days, five days, something like that. How do you feel about this? Is that a big transition for you? What are you cutting out that you would have had before that's maybe The big one for up? me is sugar. No sugar. My family is a huge sweet tooth family. Yeah. So for me, that's really hard. Can you do stevia or anything like no. that? No. None of that shit. Nothing, nothing processed. Period. Yeah. Uh, no, basically no carbs for the most part. I mean, unless they come from like vegetables or something like that. Yeah. Um, what are the other rules here? No legumes. So no, no beans. Le- no legumes. I could give up legumes. Yeah. Beans. No beer probably though. No alcohol. Fuck, dude. I'm but out. that's it's mainly because alcohol is, is a sugared yeah. product, right? It, it, it results in sugar. So that's that's definitely out. A lot of the reason that this this the whole thirty became to be is, and I think we've talked about this before, but it's an elimination diet primarily. It's not really a diet for weight loss, or that's not that's not its original intent. Its original intent is to find um, things that you're allergic to. Okay. So you're supposed to get rid of dairy. You're supposed to get rid of alcohol. You're supposed to get rid of sugars, all inflammatory things, right? Yeah. And then see how you feel, and maybe slowly add them back is the idea. Right. Um. So we're working on that. That's going well, at least for me so far. Um. You had a nice-looking salad today at lunch. I saw you up there. That was a beast of a salad, too. It looked like a lot of food. That was good stuff. Um, That's kind of the nice thing, too, is like they don't really put restrictions on what you can eat. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay, I lied. They do. I just told you all kinds of restrictions. Yeah, what the fuck? But the amount is, I guess, more the question. So, like, that was a pretty heavy salad. It had avocados. It had pecans. It had chicken. It's not restricting calories. Right. It's just restricting certain food items. You got it. Yep. Hmm. They do want you to kind of eat in moderation, but they don't put any specific guidelines about what that means. And most people do this for 30 days, or is it really because it's a reset, or do some people just do this? I guess some people do people it forever. Con- yeah, people will continue to do it further. Like, there's whole 60, there's whole 90. Depends yeah. upon what people feel. Um, but, yeah, 30 days is what the kind of the initial program is. So that's what we're going to do. Um, and today was a very good test. Today was pretty stressful in the afternoon for various reasons. Uh, it's fucking crazy office. today. Yeah, multiple interviews and downtimes and... All kinds of stuff going on. So today was a great test of that, and I was able to not cheat, which was great. Well, I'm proud of you, man. Good work. Keep it up. We had a great workout yesterday, too, by we, the way. Dude, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling really like it's progressively getting worse by the hour. Like, I just went up some stairs, and it hurts. 
Going up or down. Or down. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow's going to be bad because it's usually that delayed onset day later. Yep. The second day you feel it. No, I'm feeling, I felt it a little bit this morning, like there was an irritation. And then I, now it's like in a couple more hours, I'm going to be fucked. It was a great workout though. I really, I, that was my first time doing CrossFit. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, it was hard. Don't get me wrong. But like, that is exactly what I wanted in a, in a workout. And it was very, very difficult, which is also what I wanted. I wanted to be challenged. I thought it was a good day. It's, it's, a, it's a terrible day to go because they always do these chipper workouts on Tuesday. So it's a high intensity interval training and it's a lot of, a lot of reps of a lot of different things. Uh, a lot of body movements, squats, lunges, box jumps, kettlebell swings, jump rope, that sort of thing. Um, but it was good for, what it, for that. I'm happy that it was not a strength day or something like that. I was, I was soaking wet after the whole thing. Did they name that day after you? The chipper. Yeah, of course, man. Chipper I mean, because I'm always, I'm always doing chipper workouts, dude. <laughs> All the time. So that, I've been going, you know, they, they adopted that for me. I thought that was cool. Yeah. So I don't have too much more on that. I, I think uh, overall the, the plan so far is going well. Uh, haven't had any trouble adhering to it. Uh, the plan is to go back to the gym on Friday. We'll see. That's kind of pending some of the soreness here, if I can move. I, f- I feel like if we can muster it, we should go. When I started going to the first gym, I just asked him point blank, how often should I go? How much should I rest? And he goes, look, dude, it's going to suck no matter what. Just go um, because you're going to be sore for a few weeks. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I think we should see. But I, I started doing that. I just went three days, four days, and it really sucked. But then it got easy. I definitely have no er. trouble fighting through soreness. Like, that doesn't bother me at all. So, I mean, if that's the case, we can certainly do it. But if it's, like, tomorrow. Yeah. Like, tomorrow is going to be hard to move, period. So, like, I can't even imagine trying to do, like, dips and squats and that kind of, you know. So, like, as long as I have a couple of days to kind of let that soreness string out a little bit i think it'll be a little better maybe i'll hit the treadmill tomorrow oh i don't know I, I needed to get back into that a little bit too some more of the running that's what i had to talk to the guy about because he was like asking me how the workout was going kind of midstream and i was like look man like it, it, this is what i asked for this is what i wanted but it don't get me wrong it's difficult this is not my right. bread and butter like i'm an endurance guy like i'll do the same thing for hours upon hours upon hours and i can do that well but this is yep. definitely out of my element yep Exactly. And I think that's always the case with that. Well, that's what I like about CrossFit is they try to keep it fresh all the time. So you're not, there's not a lot of repetition. It's always a different muscle group, a different way of doing it, a push versus a pull or what, you know, every day I feel like there's something new or fresh so that you're always going to get some soreness out of it. But it's, it's great. I'm glad that you're doing it. I'm glad that we got to do it together. That helps. The accountability piece is always nice. So I haven't been there for a little while and it was good to get back at that. Hopefully I can, be a little more consistent yeah i need to get my registration wrapped up with that too now that i've been once i don't get any more freebies i think they'll give you one you could go one more time if you want to go this week all right i went with adam adam got me there and i went like before christmas i probably went three times four times right on so they didn't kick me out they just wanted my money let's move along let's talk about uh you got some new charging gear i'm pumped about it dude i've been this is a kickstarter that did not take three years to get in the mail (laughs) spin i'm still talking about you yeah, I'm waiting for the March update now to tell me that they're in, you know, pre-production, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's it's going to take a while. I'll tell you what. It's going to be the Cadillac of coffee makers when that son of a bitch ships. <laughs> I mean, they've redone every part 18 times already. So it's just, you know, it's going to be good. That's going to be the show title, by the way. Cadillac of coffee makers. Yeah. Cadillac of coffee makers. The spin. Spin deluxe. I mean, I'm not bullshitting you, man. Like they've they've iterated on this thing so many times now like i'm not buying an mvp i'm buying you know the fourth generation so i'm very excited about it but yeah i did get a battery charger because i've been using the anchor batteries they're great i like anchor products i have a lot of them they're very good they charge shit fast yep um they the, have the iq technology that bumps them up to whatever like the highest possible speed that it can charge at is right you can't shove juice into a phone any quicker than an anchor charger does it's great but yeah, I, the problem is it doesn't have enough capability for a laptop, right? You can get the iPod, iPad. Oh, they don't make those anymore, do they? iPods? Can you get no. I, like iPod Touch? Yeah, that's they not. They do what I make mean. iPod Touch. In fact, I think they're updating it. Really? But that's for another. That's a story for another episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, this charger is unique because it's called the Hypercharger. No, it's not. It's called Hyperjuice. <laughs> I do I like Hypercharger better, though. I was so excited. I put the wrong thing in the it notes. Sounds like uh, something right out of like uh, Spaceballs or something. Yeah, the Hypercharger. 
charges your car. No, this thing is cool because it's about the size of the large anchor batteries. I don't know. What do you say? The thing weighs probably a couple pounds. And how would you like, what is the size even like? It's, it's definitely larger than a phone. It's maybe two iPhones thick and a little longer. I don't know. I would say like, yeah, two, like the thickness of two phones. And then maybe if you set two phones end to end, right? So yeah. if, you, if you had four, four phones kind of end to end. Like not, max. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe about smaller than roughly that. the size. What I love about this thing, though, is it isn't space gray, so it matches the MacBook Pro. That's very cool. But the other thing that I like about it, it charges all the devices. So it'll charge the MacBook Pro, 15-inch, new one. So it has a 100-watt output on that for the Mac. It also will do the iPad, iPad Pro, iPhone. Um, you can charge all three at the same time. You can charge an, a MacBook Pro, an iPad Pro, and an iPhone all at the same time, concurrently. And... Um, I thought that was pretty cool. It will double the, you know, you'll get double the time out of your MacBook Pro. So if you get 10 hours or whatever they promise on that, it'll give you another 10 hours for that device. I don't know how many times it'll charge an iPhone, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's great. Anymore when I travel, I don't know if you do this, but like anymore when I travel, I just bring the battery pack. I don't even plug in usually. Well, that battery pack is huge. So I can see how you could get away with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing I think that's really neat about this particular battery, and it's I think as far as I know, the first of its kind, that it, the fact that it can charge a laptop. Like I don't think I don't think there's any other battery maker out there that makes anything powerful enough to to manage that. I'm not aware of anything. I've been looking for a long time uh, for that feature, and I can't find it. And and so this this is why I jumped on the Kickstarter. They they offered this thing last fall, and it was supposed to ship in December. It shipped a little bit late. I just got it yesterday, but that's not too bad. A couple months off. Uh, I thought that was fine. Excited to use it on the next trip. So that'll be pretty cool addition. I was able to, to you, I was there when you uh, picked it up and I was able to handle it a little bit versus like your anchor charger, which was a similar size. They're both kind of a similar dimension, but the, the, the new product here, what is it called again? Hypercharger. The, uh, the Hyperjuice. Hyperjuice. <laughs> yeah. You can call it everything. Uh, yeah. It's a, uh, it, it's, it's a much better build quality or at least feel than the anchor product. I don't know if it'll stand up over time, but it definitely feels like a nicer product. Yeah. And it's what some kind of milled aluminum, aluminum. It's a really nice space gray metallic finish. And I think the other thing that you, I don't think you mentioned, maybe you did, but it, it, it'll do pass through charging. So you can actually yes. be charging the battery and at the same time have something plugged into the outputs and those will be charging in addition. That's right. You'll, you'll lose one of the ports for obviously but you can still charge two more devices. I think it's the phone and the iPad, something like that. So maybe you lose the laptop, but well worth it because the other ones you can't do that. It's either charging or, well, at least the anchor that I had didn't do both. And that's huge for like travel because we have this problem when I when we travel, we'll have like, oh, well, we have two phones that we need to charge and we have, you know, I don't know what we have. a, some, I don't know, a handful of devices that we all need to get charged, but we only have limited capacity because now we have these adapters for their outlets, which only give us like one outlet, you know, and. So if you can just plug in like that and then charge everything else off of that. Yep. And everything's charging all night long, you know, boom. Well, Lionel Richie action there, man. Was it? All night long. Hey, yeah. I do have a, a kind of a funny story to relay here. Uh-oh. Uh, bring Bowley on, will you? Is he here today? Yeah, he's here. What, Joseph? Hang on. I got to mic him up. We got a cold mic here. Hang on a second. They're going to find out I smoked the wacky weed. Oh, that's going to get old <laughs> if we do that anymore after this. <laughs> We're going to have to change out the sound effects. <laughs> No, there was a pretty funny story. What was I talking about? It was, um, we were talking about charging of some variety. But anyway, it was, it, oh, it, I know what it was. I just got a recently a thing called a Jita pad for the Tesla. What? A Jita pad. So really all it is is it's a replacement um, pad that you can put into the car to replace the existing one. And it's an inductive charging unit. So you plug okay. it into your USB ports. Now you can set your phone down on the pad and it charges. Mm, yeah. I was telling this to Bowley and Bowley stopped me and he's like, wait. You can charge your car with your phone? Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, what are you going to get? Like, Damn a, it, bully. What are you going to get, like a quarter mile from your phone's battery? <laughs> I take back what I said about him being so astute earlier, making comments like that. I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, like this, what's the phone going to do? My, my chart, it might give you a little radio. It might turn on the radio. Yeah, right. That'd be good. <laughs> turn on the headlights for five minutes. Yeah, turn on the headlights. Oh, geez, bully. All right. Uh, on that note, why don't we move over to the next section here, KJ?
Yeah, so I don't. This is going to be an interesting topic. It's a little bit of an in-depth topic too. Um, but I recently joined you, and I got the AirPods. Yes, Apple AirPods, and I also own the things that I'm wearing, which is a pair of Bose Quiet Comfort something. I can't remember the name of the specific ones. They're wireless headphones, Bluetooth wireless headphones. Is that the QC3? Maybe. I mean, it's a later version because I had some of the earlier ones. Maybe that sounds right. Something like that. But they're 35, or I can't remember. But and yours are Bluetooth. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So love them. They're great headphones. But the problem that I've kind of run into now with the AirPods is like the sound that comes out of the AirPods is phenomenal. Yes. And now these sound very hollow by comparison, like no baseline, no nothing. Like they're just super. Very flat response flat, kind of. Tinny sound, you hmm. know, compared to the, to the AirPods. And I was kind of trying to figure out why that is. And I think number one, uh, Apple's doing a lot of magic with the audio sampling. Like they're 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 manipulating the audio totally, heavily. and that's a big part of it. But then I also read this article here that I have printed out, and it was talking about the kind of throughput that Bluetooth codecs can handle in Bluetooth headphones. Which, to my knowledge, like if you if you talk to audiophile types, they're going to tell you, well, you can't get nearly the, as good a sound through Bluetooth headsets as you can through a wired. For sure, just the sheer bandwidth wouldn't allow for that. Uh, Oh, he got disconnected there. Unplugged my own headphones there. You need you need the Bluetooth ones, man, so you don't have to worry about tripping on your cable. Maybe we can clip that little clip of me going, ah! Yeah, we're going to save that. We need some something on you since you have all the good ones for me. <laughs> but, but yeah, so it's, it's interesting because, you know, you have a, a what you would consider to be like a super high-quality product from Bose, right? A pretty premium product. And now I'm saying this product from Apple is kind of outperforming it. In some way. That's an interesting debate because I was always into Bose products. and I, I liked them a lot. And I had the desktop clock. I oh, don't know. yeah. I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? The, the sound wave or whatever they call that thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I used to have that in the office a long time ago uh, before I moved here. But um, Bose in the audiophile community is not seen in such high regards. I mean, it's, it's like people don't. If, if you're into audiophile gear, most people will tell you that Bose is not good quality stuff but i don't think i mean it's a separate debate it's just interesting because yeah like these clearly these little earbuds they're they're not superior but it's they're manipulating the audio in a way to get to get better perceived performance out of it right so you know per the article they'd start talking about well the first thing you have to know about when it comes to audio is compression right and compression is basically a way really all it amounts to is an algorithm that is intelligent enough to remove frequencies that may or may not be needed Right. Right. In order to hear the audio correctly. So usually it's stuff that usually it's ranges that like humans can't perceive. Right. Right. So <clears throat> that's compression. And then you get into kind of the idea of lossy versus lossless mm -hmm. audio. Right. Do you have explanation for that? I do. So, I mean, lossless, because essentially what you're doing here is you're taking an analog waveform. So you're taking a wave of the audio coming out the analog version and you're doing a calculus on it to take out samples. Right. I mean, that's. And that's where you get into bit rates and that sort of thing. So you can say, well, if I'm doing whatever the bit rate is at, at that many, I'm going to take that many samples of the, um, the audio. And so the higher the bit rate, the more samples you take, therefore the more, the closer that you approximate the original sound. Um, and the, the smaller the bit rate, you know, the, the, the fewer samples you take. So there's going to be bigger gaps. And the, and the idea there is that you can have some level of gappage if you're making shit up here like but but you can have a certain level of that that's still not what you can't hear that it's it's in, it's not perceptible but there but there is something lost there it's not and and so lossless is where you really like preserve the recording to the truest integrity and it doesn't lose anything where it's lot like lossy is like MP3 would be a lossy format because it was like so small and it had a sample. And so you end up ditching a lot of the original material. But I think there's another piece of it too, where over time that you play it, it can still lose some of its material. Not certain about that as much. I thought there was another component of that, like not being the fidelity there, like going away over time. Hmm. Um, but like a wave file, for example, would be a lossless format. And so that's going to be a lot larger file size. It's going to take a lot more space but it's going to maintain as much of the integrity of the original sound wave uh, as, as possible. Right. I think you landed mostly on it. So like lossy is used primarily by music streaming services with a few exceptions 
right? Smaller package, easier to stream, less less data over the wire. Like a, a good example of that too would be like Tidal was really big be- for audio files in the beginning because they offered at the time the highest level of um, quality that you could get on a streaming service. You get in the beginning, if you didn't have a good pipe, you're not going to get, you're going to be buffering all the time. So, you know, you start the song, it takes three seconds to start and then you're going to be, have, it's choppy the whole way through. But Spotify has come up, uh, you know, gotten closer. Yeah. To, so to your point, title is, is lossless, right? With, and, and lossless is usually defined as a bit rate higher than 500 kilobit per second. Okay. Right. Um, and, and yeah, to your point, like it means that basically the audio file has lost no quality, no artifacts, no nothing. Like it's the original. Yep. It's close to the original as you can possibly be. And, that, and again, like you said, that's used by title. So what's interesting about these two things is like <clears throat> the, the common argument that we made even before we started talking about that is that Bluetooth headphones are not able to take enough data over the air to replicate what a wired headphone can do. That's where the argument comes in and that Bluetooth headphones are not as high quality as yep. what a wired headphone is. And this article is basically making the claim that that's false. Oh, really? And so the reason is, is that they basically said that there's multiple different codecs. So this is getting really, really deep into the weeds. So codec is basically a set of instructions that tell the Bluetooth how to, how to interpret the, the, the audio file, right? Right. Um, so there's one that's known as SBC, which is like the common, like the standard amongst everybody. Like even if you have a different codec, you fall back to SBC. It's kind of generally regarded as a shitty codec, um, but it's still out there and is used. Um, can, we, can we step back for a second? I'm sorry to interrupt that, but I want to cover one thing because we mentioned compression. We didn't really talk about compression though. Because really, we got the, the two things. You've got s- sampling rates, which is like how many you know kilobits per second. How the more that you sample, the better the 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 quality. But the compression piece is interesting too, because now you're chopping off parts of the waveform. You're basically saying like we're going to cut out in the in the spectrum of hearing from what like I don't remember the low end, but let's just say zero hertz to twenty thousand kilohertz is like human hearing is in that range, right? I don't, it's probably not zero hertz. I don't know how low the human can pick up right but um but the compression piece would actually truncate that to say maybe we're on the low end we're only going to be at a thousand hertz and on the high end maybe we're only going to be 18,000 hertz kilohertz or something like that and so you lose it's not even a sampling issue anymore you just chop that off and then try to sample and so i think that's the other problem is that you lose the low lows and the high highs the top and the bottom of the range you chop that just keep the middle of the of the waveform if you will cool i just wanted to cover that i didn't mean to interrupt you there now we can kind of go into the continue on but. no it's good um so apple the apple products uh which you and i both use here we have a pile of them on the table uh primarily uses acc codec which is like again commonly found in, in apple products however android is starting to bring that in aac is that, is that? aac yeah. is that what i said or did i say acc i heard one th- i think i heard the other thing yeah right. whatever i probably misspoke um excuse me um so ACC is not an open standard, which is a problem. Yeah. But uh, so all the vendors that want to implement it have to pay a license fee. So that's why Android has been slow about kind of implementing it. However, um, the thing about it is that with that codec, if you have a file that's encoded ACC, right? AAC. Yep. Sorry, I keep saying that incorrectly. And you have ACC a is Arapahoe Community College where I come from, brother. That's exactly what I was thinking. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> If you have the if the file is encoded with a sorry AAC yep and you have the AAC codec on your Bluetooth headset yep. then no compression needs to occur to get that to go across the wire it'll do pass through right. sort of there okay right. so this that's where they're saying like at this point if you have an ACC ACC AAC I'm gonna make you take a drink every time you say that <laughs> we're gonna be drunk in five minutes. <laughs> <clears throat> So anything, anything encoded with AAC will sound the same, whether it's on Bluetooth or going over the wire is the, is the argument there. Cool. And then at that point, your limitation is going to be on the sound piece itself, like whatever equipment you have reproducing the sound, right? I mean, you're, you're saying the transmission now is going to be equal, wireless or wired. That's right. And it really is just up to the components that are in your ear or on your ear that are going to distort that or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I just thought that was an interesting 
set of articles because I was like, okay, number one, the Apple Bluetooth headphones are putting out some amazing sound. And again, I think that's uh, Apple manipulating the sound to what they think sounds the best. So there's some sort of software engineering going on there. But on the same token, uh, I think the the signal sending from the iPhone to the AirPods has significantly improved since, you know, some of the earlier uh, sets of headphones, mainly due to these codecs. Yeah, I think that's, I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I've been, I was really happy with them. And I didn't have a good explanation for it at first. I thought, well, how the hell is this possible? These things are tiny. You know, they don't have any kind of real typical, like, tweeter woofer stuff. You know, there's there's nothing in there. How much can they fit in this little spot? Um, and I actually think going back to the Bose thing from earlier, like that's how Bose has been able to achieve, uh, success from a lot of people too. Like, cause they do produce some pretty deep bass for being a little tabletop radio. Right. And, and they have some sophisticated technology that does that. Like if you look at a, a side, a cross cut of, of one of their speakers, like the woofer portion of it, they have a big series of tubes that tries to create more space in a confined area. So it, it gives it time to uh, magnify the sound and give you that lower bass sound. Oh, you're going to lose your headphone again. Okay, Jay's got a new cord, new cord today. So the interesting thing that I notice this the most on is when I'm listening back to the podcast. So like if you play the intro, right? Yeah. And you hear this kind of thumping beat right here. Yes. Like, that guy sounds super thumpy in the AirPods. Whereas yes. like if I listen to it on my Bose headset, mm-hmm. not so much. Wow. So... That's where I noticed it the most, but it was just an interesting, I don't know. I just, and then I think I found this article about the same time I got the AirPods and I was just like, wow, that's kind of a good description of it. And I never really understood audio codecs and all that kind of stuff. So it was a good primer for me. It was a good explanation as to why the sound was different. And uh, so I thought I'd bring it up on the show. Uh, it's a good thing. And it is, it is a bit out there. Like, I don't know how many people want to go that deep on it, but I, I'm interested in it, especially for trying to reproduce sound and, and being a, a very a noob audiophile, but having some decent gear. I mean, I have the Sennheiser you know, 600s and, uh, well, what is it? I think it was, it was the, uh, six XX, which was like the reproduction of the five eighties or something. I don't remember. Now, was that the mass drop deal that you got? Yeah. 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 Having those, those open air, um, headphones and then the audio technicas and, but you know, with, with separate amps, like I've got like the shit audio and I'm not saying shit, I'm saying S C H I T T shit audio. Uh, amps. So just getting a step up from just your computer's headphone jack. And, and it's, it becomes a bigger deal. It is confusing to understand because even on the computer, you have windows, um, that manipulates the sound. And so unless you do certain things to, uh, disable that, it's not necessarily going to pass through the audio. It's going to do some kind of resampling for you, which you don't want to have happen if you want to have as close to the original sound as possible. Yeah. And the, and the other thing I think that made this interesting to talk about is because we, we've spent a pretty good amount of money here on microphones and the board and all that kind of stuff. So we do care about sound. So, I mean, it's a pretty important discussion to have and an interesting topic. So, yeah, at least to be aware of how it works and all the different steps where things can go wrong or where, where quality could suffer. Um, very important. If we want to sound silky smooth on the other end. Right. So speaking of Bluetooth and moving on to the news topics here, I have a really cool news topic that I've had sitting in the hopper for a little while. And that's, uh, that, a new Bluetooth chip was announced that, oh, actually, before we move on to that, I do have one more thing. I don't oh. want to forget about this because oh. I think this is actually really interesting regarding the lossy versus lossless uh, topic. Okay. And that is there's a test from uh, NPR where you can go onto the website and you can listen to audio samples um, and it'll play it for you. And then you can pick what type of um, compression or, do you, you know, basically, do you think this is like the highest the lowest, or I don't, I think it's like high, mid, or low quality, something like that. Okay. And it's, and it's blind. They're not going to tell you what it is. Right. You have to guess. And then at the end, they'll give you a, an answer as to how you did. Yeah. So there's a lot of arguments in, you know, in audiophile communities versus, you know, in lossy versus lossless about whether or not you can actually hear the difference or if there is a difference or whatever the case may be. Um, so this actually will help you see if your ears can pick that up. And when I ran it, I was able to pick it up. You I did. did. I did pretty well. I think I only missed like one. And um, what, what earpiece did you use for that? Was that the AirPods? I'm pretty or? sure I used this guy. These, the uh, Bose. The, the Bose headset. Yep. Okay. Yep. Interesting. So maybe it was a fluke. I don't know. But uh, I seem to sample it pretty okay. So 
I'll put that in the show notes if anybody's interested in running through the test. So feel free to look for it there. It'll be on the website too once the episode gets published. I've done something similar to that before, and I think that's a fun thing to do, especially with some audiophile guys that I know, because it's a lot of times people are just full of shit and they don't know the difference too. So um, it's hard to tell sometimes, and you need certain equipment sometimes to be able to pick that up. Like ordinary headphones are probably not going to do the trick. The det- I mean, even if I am able to hear it, which seemingly I am, uh, the details are so minor. Yeah. Right. It's it's so such minor that most people aren't going to give a shit. It would be more noticeable if you had um, maybe not maybe headphones are not the best example. Right. Um, if you had a set of floor standing speakers that uh, had with some pretty good amplification behind it and good equipment might be more noticeable. Right. I've been in some demo rooms. When I was back in the biz, we would go to a consumer electronics show and, and, and do some other um, industry events where people had demo rooms where the speakers were a quarter million dollars. I mean, just absurd. At that point, it's just so high-end, it's stupid. But when you get in there and you listen to some of the original recordings and you close your eyes, you can't really tell that you're not in a concert hall listening to the music. It's just mind-blowing. That would be amazing to see in here. Yeah. Cool. So, sorry to go back to that, but let's move on to um, another Bluetooth technology, since we're on the subject of Bluetooth, and that is a, a chip, a Bluetooth chip. So, the same thing as what we're talking about, Bluetooth yeah. devices, you know, uh, Internet of Things devices that rely on Bluetooth for connectivity. Yeah. Um, but this particular Bluetooth chip doesn't need any battery source, and it's able to harvest energy from the air. That sounds like some voodoo bullshit there. What's going on here? <laughs> It's really cool. So um, it's a paper-thin Bluetooth chip that um, they're going to be offering. I don't think it's till 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it doesn't need its own battery. Uh, it can be extraordinarily cheap um, to make. So the the product is from Williet, I think is the name of the company. Um, and it's able to harvest frequencies, like radio frequencies, from the air. And that's how it gets its power, its low power. Um, and basically the way that it works is it kind of wakes up at some kind of cadence and is able to report something. So the instances that they use, that they talk about using it is like maybe in like a supermarket, you know, they might use it for pricing. So you might have a a um, computerized price display and this thing would wake up every 10 minutes and update the price or something like that. But continually powered, never has to be powered. That's fascinating. So there's enough, and that makes sense. It's working like an antenna. It's like your leaf. It's picking up airwaves passively but it's able to charge enough power from that to uh, wake up. That's cool. Yeah, which is, it's really, I mean, the, the the possibilities there are kind of fascinating to start to think about. They don't really go into that in the article, but when you think about something that can broadcast a piece of information without having any power on a consistent basis, that's pretty powerful technology. Could yeah, be that's a big time change for the uh, industry as a whole. That'd be a game changer. Yeah, that that's always been an issue, even with low power Bluetooth and that sort of thing. Like you can get you have to have a battery on the device. And so you've got space constraints, right? You have to have enough room for the little disc battery, whatever the hell you're doing. And then even at that, it's got to be swapped out probably every year, at, at, if not sooner. Right. Yeah. So a couple other things they talk about is like tracking items through supply chain management, um, maybe using it as a temperature sensor I mean, the, the possibilities here are kind of endless. I thought it was really fascinating when this came out and was a news article because, like, just the idea of anything, anything electronic that doesn't need a power source, that's, like, unheard of. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. With these low-power devices, though, they're so tiny that you can do that kind of a thing with. Well, and they already have Bluetooth. Low, they already have low-power Bluetooth as it is. Yeah. Right? Like, a lot of devices have that implemented. I think even my, like, bike computer has low-power Bluetooth enabled on it. But this is like a whole different ballgame. No power. Yeah. Wow. Let's move on. So foldable technology, foldable phone technology. This is this is a huge announcement. You hear about this? I did hear about this. Yeah. There was a there were a couple of announcements last week. There was an event in Barcelona, and um, uh, so two companies. I, I always get this wrong. It's. Uh, Huawei, Huawei. I don't oh, know. How to yeah, I don't that. know how you pronounce. I always thought it was like Huawei or something. Huawei, maybe Huawei. It makes more sense. I don't know. We're gonna go with Huawei. But Huawei and Samsung both unveiled new uh, fro- phones that are consumer ready. I mean, they're gonna be selling soon. They're not on the market today, but they're coming out. And not, these aren't just like prototypes in the lab. Like they, these are 
these are ready for pre-order and uh they're foldable screens they're using the new oled technology they're on hinges and so you've got what looks like a little thicker cell phone than your your iphone would be slightly thicker than that and um it's folded in half and so you have one screen on the front and then when you open it up there's a screen on the inside that it looks like a small tablet i watched him do this in the demo and i i don't i mean on the one hand like that's pretty amazing when you come come from like the land of liquid crystal displays and that sort of thing and like you could not flex them at all without them like changing color and like getting all this weird like artifacting and warping and different stuff like that but on the other hand i was like somewhat i don't know like it seems sad to say i'm underwhelmed by the technology but like it, it just doesn't look it doesn't look futuristic to me for some reason really i think it's still uh it still looks like a prototype to me I would agree with that. I, and it's impressive that you can do it. At least it's, it's, it's nice to see that there could be a convergence there where you don't have to have a separate tablet and a phone. Um, I think you'd have to get a little more, well, work on the size for one thing. Cause that's a small tablet screen still, but, uh, the price is just outrageous. I mean, they wanted what they started $2,000, right? Which, uh, yeah, I think I was reading that, the, you know, they were like, well, we just got over the fact that we had to spend $1,000 on a phone and now you're going to ask two grand. Yeah. That's yeah. Be a hard pill to swallow. Exactly. And, and, and they both have different approaches. So the Samsung one is, is two separate screens. You've got the, the, the big screen is when it's closed, you can't see it because it's inside and you just have a secondary smaller screen on the outside. Whereas the uh, Huawei one is the opposite. Like they hinge the opposite direction. So the screen is on the outer edge. And when it's closed, you just see one side of it. Um, I will say this. One thing I did like about the the presentation that Samsung gave on the fold is that they have um, like, well, they have a couple features that are neat. So they have this continuity feature where if you're on the single mode, single screen, let's say you're on Facebook, just scrolling and checking things. Then you see a video that you like, you can open up the phone and it will transfer the video to the big screen. And it's pretty seamless. Like you can go back and forth without having to reopen anything or configure anything. I thought that was kind of nice if, if you wanted to see a bigger view. And the other, the other part was the multitasking feature. So they have true multi-app tasking where you can have three applications open. And uh, like you're watching the video, but you want to pull up a map so you can load Google in the bottom. You can do two side by side or even have a third and you've got two screens on the right one on top of the other, and then the other two-thirds of the screen is for the whatever video you're watching. So if you want to have a text message and look up some shit on Google and watch a video, you can do all that on the phone. So correct me if I'm wrong, though. I think most of these demos were all done by uh, the manufacturers. Like, nobody actually, as I understand it, got hands on these devices and was, were able to play around with them. So they're pretty, as far as I know, they're pretty locked down, and nobody's ever had any hands-on work with them, right? So the, the I guess the reason I say that is because, you know... It, the manufacturers can make the demos look pretty flashy and, and pretty sexy without much effort because nobody else is going to actually be calling them on their shit, right? Right. Sure. It's very early stage, but um, but like the, they're coming out soon and they're going to make massive improvements now. There's going to be a race now that you have two of them out there because I think Samsung Samsung was first to release it and then well, it was midweek. I think it maybe was Thursday and then a couple like by the weekend, Huawei announced theirs. And so you're going to see us slurry of other people coming out with with options um and i mean the other part too i was reading about this in the uh, paper this morning is that um i mean it, it does give these guys a bit of a competitive uh, edge like apple they there was analysts saying that apple was probably two years away from having this technology yeah there's a race to be first right yeah just like any other technology so if you're the first on the market chances are you're going to grab up all the market share Yes. Uh, and people are going to default to you, just like Apple did with, with kind of touchable phone technology. Well, I mean, they weren't the first, but they were the first with kind of like the super slick display and that sort of thing, right? Palm was a thing, but it was still pretty primitive. Right? But at that point, you didn't, like the idea of having a screen without a keyboard. They, did we talk about this on the cast? But there was, there was a very cool interview that was done with the product designers of the original iPhone, and they talked about going away from the physical keyboard and how much of a challenge that was. Like they had to use um, artificial intelligence, machine learning type uh, algorithms to get the nat to get that screen keyboard to work properly. 
Like in the early days, they had set a, a group of engineers that the keyboard wasn't working well, and they sent a group of engineers. What would they do? They pulled them from other projects, so maybe from Mac or from other things. They said, listen, like we got a huge fucking problem with this keyboard. It doesn't work. It's not snappy enough or, or too many misses. And we're going to give you all um, a spike to go off and figure out how to design your own keyboard. And so they sent different engineers off on their own and locked them in a closet and said, okay, go ahead and build a better keyboard. And everybody came up with different designs. One was like, well, you're going to use your finger to draw the character or various iterations on the idea. And the one guy that his group that won, what, it, what he did was um, they used predictive um, learning to say, like, if you type this character, then we're going to try to predict which one you're going to hit next. And then obviously the more characters, the higher the accuracy sort of thing. So what would happen is like if they knew that you were going to type at and you type an A, like then the T, the area around the T is going to be enlarged. So even though it looks the same size on the screen, you can actually move your finger around the edge of the T or even above or below it. And it's going to pick that up still because it thinks that that's what you're going for, not anything around it. So the visual remains the same, but the touch area it yeah. Increases. Yeah. So to the user, you don't notice any difference, but the the selectable area for that character just got a hundred percent bigger, fifty percent, whatever it was, right? That's a magnitude really cool. bigger. Yeah. And and that's how they ultimately launched the original phone is with that technology to do that. That's really cool because that's like a that's totally an unknown. Like you would never know that that's, that 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 is there. No. Right. No. You just assume. Oh, I'm just really good and I'm just pecking in the right place <laughs> when really we're all over the place. Right. Doing a shitty job and the software makes it better for us. That's cool. So I thought that was really neat. Yeah. Well, what? yeah, I think whoever's first to this kind of foldable technology is clearly going to be the, the market leader. But the question is, are we in a, po a point in technology where like so many people are players in the game and so many people are trying to get to the front that like we're sacrificing? Th that's a, a good point for Apple, right? Like Apple isn't always in the in first place, but they always like usually want to keep the quality very, very high, generally speaking, or at least that used to be the way. Used they to be the way. Yeah. Um, so these guys are going to get out their way in front, but it might be a shitty product. Yeah. So then, you know, Apple may come in later, even a year later, even two years later and say, oh, we got this thing and this thing's really kick ass. Right. And suddenly now the market shifts over to them. So it's hard to say what it looks like. Like for me, when I look at these things, they seem pretty primitive. They seem kind of hokey a little bit. It's cool technology just because, like I said, this LCD screen on my laptop, super rigid. If I bend it, it crack in half. Like, so it's really crazy to be able to see something fold like that, but yeah, um, still very early and still very primitive, I think. Well, I think there's a certain thing to say about market being first to market. So even though Apple did have a quality product, it wasn't a finished product, but I would say it's more polished than maybe these devices are. Yeah. And so maybe they were too quick to, to go to market. Um, even though they have a competitive advantage, that's maybe a year or two. I don't know if that's true or not, but if they did, um, they still might be able to capture and will they capture enough market share? I think the couple of things going against them is that who wants to spend $2,000 on a phone? And if it's bulkier than the current one I have, I don't know if it's solving all the problems. It's given me something that's a nice to have, but I don't know if I, it's worth the trade off. I don't know if I'd want to pay a thousand for it. Like it just, to me, it doesn't seem that compelling to have a little bit bigger screen. And is there a risk possibly in the fact that they showed their, they've shown their cards already? What is that? The product's yeah. at least a year away. I don't know. I thought it was sooner than that, but but I don't think they've been firm on release dates either. Right. So now they've already shown what they've got. They've shown their cards. Apple knows what they have now, right? Apple's competing. Yeah. So now Apple knows exactly where they are in terms of the market with them, right? So like they've kind of shown everything they've got. I think I saw. I think Waz is working on a competitive. You know, one of oh. these. He Waz is working on everything. Waz That's is where that guy's got his hands. I think he's in, in his garage right now, soldering some shit together, man. Smoking a little wacky weed. Oh, with Joseph. <laughs> That's where Bully is I tonight. I tempted you to push that button. I almost like reflexively <laughs> reached over there and I said, I can't do it twice in one yeah. show. Man. Nobody wants to hear that again. Bully doesn't want to hear that again. Yeah. Well, what if you, so there's the folding screen phone for those of you that want to have a bigger screen uh, uh, in your pocket. But what if you want to have the phone that you can talk on for three days straight, Kyle? What are you going to do then? You're talking about this gigantic, uh, who was it? Was it Energizer? Duracell. One of the big batteries. It's Energizer, batteries. dude. Yeah. <laughs> the Energizer bunnies. There's about 100 million of them in this phone, man. It's they crazy. created a brick. Like, yeah. it's a brick of a phone. Like, but yeah, it'll, it'll... This thing's got to be close to three iPhones stacked up. If not more. I think yeah. it's, it's got to be. Three or four. I mean, it's fucking huge. It's like a Snickers bar-sized thickness, king size. And then, you know, like the regular footprint of a phone. 
Yeah. So iPhone 10, its battery is what? 2,700, is it milliamps, right? Milliamp hours. Milliamps. Yeah. yeah. This thing is 18,000. Huge. Huge. The the whole battery pack I told you about for my laptop, that's 20, 28,000 milliamp hours. So this is like 10,000 short of that. And my thing can charge three devices a few times. Well, so there you go. Maybe you need to buy one of these. You can plug in your laptop to it, charge it from your phone. That's crazy. Then you can get rid of this device altogether. It has five cameras. Why the hell does it have five cameras? You can take five selfies at once, man. (laughs) All kinds of angles. I don't, uh, uh, yeah, I saw this and I just kind of giggled a little bit because I was just like, dude, like this is like such, it's like a novelty product. This is the kind of thing that I would expect Energizer to release on April Fool's Day. Is like, look at this fucking crazy thing that we developed that we didn't really develop. Ha ha. But no, this is like, this is fucking real. Let's I didn't even know Energizer did phones, man. Let's just make something as big as possible just for the sake of making it as big as possible. The Power Max P18K Pop. Now, Bully, I think this one can charge a car. <laughs> you could get 10 miles out of this bad boy. It's crazy. It can hold. Okay. It says that it can hold a 90 hour phone call on a single charge where only Apple can only do 21 hours. You know, because a lot of people who's on the phone these days anyway. How many text messages is that worth? Well, you can do 100 hours of music playback. Okay, iPhone only gets 60. iPhone X. Yeah. The iPhone 10, whatever the hell it is. Two days worth of video playback. Wow. See, that would be cool. I could watch, like, binge watch over a weekend on my K-pop if I'm stranded somewhere. Movie marathon, Better Call Saul. Watch the whole series. Bam. Yeah. If I want to watch Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, like. Soup to nuts. Like I could put it on this phone, go to Jamaica or go somewhere, go to the East, you know, Easter Islands or somewhere where there's nothing going on. And, um, and I'm set. So I like that. That's a good option. Yeah, that's pretty, I don't know. I saw this story. Like I said, I kind of just glossed over it. I was like, that's crazy that the battery is so large and that it's attached physically to the phone. But I was just kind of like, this is kind of ridiculous. I I assume this has got to be running Android. It's running Android. It can last up to 50 days or a month and a half, uh, about a month and a half. On standby. Well, if you're ever going to be stranded on an island, this would be the phone to take with you. So that's the only thing I would say is that, yeah, I suppose you have yourself a good emergency device. If you had it powered off, hidden somewhere next to the gun in the uh, dresser drawer or your bailout bag, you know. <laughs> if you have one of those, like, bug out bags. Bug out bag, yeah. I'd have a couple of these in my bug out bag with some movies, Netflix movies on there, you know. A couple cans of tuna and uh, my K-pop 18K Pro. <laughs> Tuna and your Energizer phone. Get that in my bug my bug out bag, man. And then like when you know, like when the next hurricane hits or whatever, we fall into the coast over here into the ocean. I'll just be heading for the hills, man. Speaking of Better Call Saul, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, any what's what's been your latest uh, binge watching program? Did, did I put that on the list? Because I was going to add that to the list. That's fucking crazy, dude. No, I didn't. I didn't add that to the list. You just man. asked me that. Oh man. Dude, I was going to type that on there yesterday. Like, what shows, any new shows? We've done this a few times before, so yeah. I don't know. Is there any, any new things that you've been uh, checking out? Um, yeah, there's a few things I've been watching. I got into Ozark recently, which is not new, but that's new to me. I've heard that show's great. I haven't watched any of it, but I've heard it's fantastic. Um, the new one that's only a couple weeks old that I just binge-watched last week's Russian Doll. Fucking awesome. Netflix. I've never heard of that one. Yeah. Natasha Leone. She's the gal that was on um, Orange is the New Black and also an American Pie. Um, okay. Is like the lead star. It was something that she did with Amy Poehler. And um, it's kind of like a Groundhog's Day scenario where like it's her it's her birthday and she keeps waking up like the next day, like dies and then wakes up the next day. Huh. And uh, I don't want to give away too much, but it's. Super interesting, and it gets a little metaphysical and talks about, like, possible worlds-type stuff, and so it gets a little deeper, and I like that. I like those kinds of movies, shows, series, whatever, all right? And uh, so I thought it was really well done. They they pitched it for three seasons. They've done one, and I would hope that they do another one because I thought it was really good. But uh, And I would recommend it because it's shorter episodes, too, so it's less than – it's, like, 27 minutes an episode, and there's eight in the first season. So, I mean, I plowed through it, like, Sunday afternoon. Nice. NBD, man. What? No big deal. Oh. What about you? Um, TV shows. Uh, we watched the second part of Making a Murderer, which is an interesting series. I saw a few of those episodes. I didn't get through the whole season, but uh, okay. So we watched those. I, I wouldn't say we've been binged watched them. I mean, we might have watched a few at a time, but um, pretty fascinating. And uh, actually, I think as of yesterday, 
the primary character in the show or the series, uh, I think his name's Stephen Avery, uh, was granted a new trial. So that's kind of a big deal. Okay. Because um, that's what they've been fighting for for a really long time. So um, if you haven't checked out the Making of a Murder, Making a Murderer series, uh, it's on Netflix. It's a really interesting story about a guy who uh, has once been wrongly accused, and they think at least the whole point of the series is to kind of question that maybe he's been wrongly accused again. Damn, man. That's some fucking luck. He should buy a lottery ticket. Yeah. If he gets out of this thing, <laughs> getting nailed twice falsely. Yeah. So I watched that, um, in terms of movies or any of that kind of thing, I think the only thing that I watched is a, an older movie and it's not old, but, uh, I think it's called gone girl. I think that's the name of the movie. Okay. Uh, which is an interesting, like a psychological thriller type movie and, 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 kind of a whodunit or how did they do it type of movie and they kind of keep exposing more and more and more as you go along. So you kind of are always like, how the hell did that happen type of thing? Yeah. Um, so really interesting movie. I watched that on one of my Delta flights to t- kill some time. Um, but it was really good. Really disturbing, but really good. I have a growing list of these things that I need to watch. And part of the problem is like statistics. Here's the deal. I just saw this the other day too. The old, good old Wall Street Journal is good for these little factoids, man. I picked some of this shit up. But back in, okay, I'm going to get the year wrong. But I'm going to say 2008, 2009, like there was 150 new shows. I mean, this was when like network TV was still kind of going, right? There were 150 new series that were released. Um, This year, this last year, with Netflix and Hulu and all these guys creating their own shit, Amazon Prime, almost 500 shows, 500 series. How can you keep up? I mean, that's what? What's the multiplier on that? Three times, four times. I mean, think about how many more series are out there now. It's yeah, insane, I mean, it man. It seems like there's a new hot series out there every month. Content overload. Right. I mean, I'm hearing about shit. Someone was telling me about Umbrella or something, something. What was that? I mean, I'm, every day I hear about three more, and I'm like, man, I just don't have enough time. And they're coming out with more networks, right? Like Disney's going to create their own streaming service. Like other people are creating other ones. So, like, it's just, yeah, there's just more and more and more coming to market. Yeah. Which is interesting because now we're kind of going down the rabbit hole, but like how can cable survive this? Right. Yeah. I've been wanting them to be fucked for a long time. So I'm kind of happy about it, but yeah, it's just going to mean new guys are going to come in. Yeah. You're going to see this big expansion and then a contraction because there's, it's going to weed out some people and some people are going to winners and losers. And then you'll have a few people. Well, ultimately what you're going to end up with is, is Netflix, Amazon, those providers are going to become the new cable company because now you're going to have to package those somehow. Right. Right. Because otherwise now you have to subscribe to 850 online services right, to get your channels or your videos or whatever you want to get. So like the problem is just being moved into the cloud. It's being shifted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's okay right now. Uh, It's still affordable. It still comes with my prime uh, membership, you know, so I'm okay with that. And, uh, but yeah, lots of stuff out there to see KJ. I'm glad you, uh, good, good idea. Good thing to bring up there. And that with that, we're kind of at the end of the hour already. I don't know how we cranked out another one, but we got 25 in the books there. So, uh, why don't you bring us home, brother? 25 episodes. Uh, I want to say this first, stay tuned for next week. Cause we're going to have some pretty cool stuff. I think we're going to talk about, we should announce the topic when we know it. I think we're going to talk about organizing your tech teams. I think you're right. Stay I think tuned that'll for be that a one. good one. Yeah. So as always, you can contact us. Uh, on Twitter. Chipper SF. Chipper SF. Mike is at Chipper SF. I am at Kyle P. Johnson, and the show is at Coffee Code Cast. Email is coffeecodecast at gmail.com. Website is coffeecodecast.com. And, of course, you can follow us on wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, while you're at it, go on over to uh, www.coffeecodecast.com slash review. Give us a review. Let us know your thoughts on the show. Let us know you're out there. Uh, We know people are there, so we would appreciate the review, and uh, we'll see you next week.